One of the biggest topics of conversation in the past few weeks has been Harvey Weinstein and his alleged abuse sexually and uh, verbally towards women in Hollywood. It, it comes as no surprise to most of us. Uh, but what is a bit of a surprise is the fact that women all around from all walks of life seem to have a similar type of story. Alyssa Milano, about 10 days ago, she tweeted out, if you've been sexually harassed or assaulted, write me too as a reply to this tweet. Me too, suggested by a friend. If all the women who have been sexually harassed or assaulted wrote me too as a status, we might give people a sense of the magnitude of the problem. It's been 10 days since Me Too started to take over social media. And I know I've opened my social media feeds a few times and been shocked to see Me Too written under somebody's profile. And I thought, wow, really? I had absolutely no idea. We're joined now by Farah Nasser, who is the weekday co-anchor of Global News, Tasha Carradine, the host of AM640's uh, weekday show from noon to two, and Angie Seth, the weekend anchor of Global News. Welcome, ladies. I want to talk about Me Too because I think the conversation has been started and it's important and vital to keep it going. So Farah, you know, can we sustain Me Too? It's been, you know, 10 days now. Um, I think it's completely changed the conversation, and I think that's what this is all about. So I think it's it's not something that just is going to stop. It's something that's opened so many minds. I mean, you said, which actually surprises me that you said that, that it surprised you to see so many women who have gone through this. And I think that's what we keep hearing from so many different men. But I think that the challenge now going forward is what can we do? What's going to change? And I don't think that conversation has been had enough. Um, you know, it's amazing how when all these stories came out, I posted, I'm sure many of you, many of us here in this room probably put me too on their feeds. I won't make any assumptions, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it was it was surprising to me how many people came up and said, um, "Really, wow, so many, so many people." But no one was like, "Well, what can I do? You know, what can I, what what should I do? What mm-hmm. what? How can we make things different?" Nobody said that. I mm-hmm. didn't hear that from one one person. So um, and one man, I didn't hear that from one. So I think that that is what needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that the the call to action is uh, just as important as the calling out of people and this sort of, um, I guess, in a way, uh, catharsis for a lot of women because I think a lot of women felt they didn't have a place to go to tell these stories. And I think the sense that they just happened to them. I think that is why... Uh, women are coming forward in such numbers. There's solidarity in numbers. Um, but I do think the conversation, if the Me Too is to be sustained or is to, to give any kind of real uh, effect... There has to be something concrete. Now, what form that takes is the question. I mean, there have been lawsuits. There's a lawsuit now against the Weinstein Company by a former employee. There are women who've come forward in the in the Montreal cases that came after the Weinstein case who have gone to the police. There are charges now being pressed against those two individuals um, who both incidentally lost their jobs and their fortunes potentially over this too. So there are a lot of sanctions that can be brought. But the question is, do we need more laws? Do we need changes to nip these things in the bud? Mm-hmm as opposed to then, you know, having women report them after the fact. But if no one's having the conversation, Angie, if we are reaching a Me Too fatigue right. and we mm-hmm. don't keep it out there, is is any change going to occur? Well, I mean, I think that's that's the issue, that conversation. I mean, the first time I did a story about a woman of abuse wasn't because it was an issue that was in the news. It was because it was an issue that wasn't in the news. Mm-hmm. And this was about 17 years ago. I went into a women's center and I spoke to a woman who had escaped domestic violence and sexual abuse. She was there with her young son. He was about five years old. And she had fresh bruises on her face. 
but she was willing to talk about it. Mm. And we continued that conversation. But what drives me, what, what concerns me is we have a number of women um, unfortunately, it have come out, but there are a number of well-known women that unfortunately have come out to say that I have been a victim, and that has spurred this conversation. Yeah. What about the Jane Doe that we report, Far and I will report mm-hmm. on in our newscast, you will report on as well, and say uh, a woman was walking down the street in such and such area, was sexually assaulted by a man, um, uh, et cetera. He was, this is the description. Police are asking for any witnesses to come forward. What about that woman? She is a victim. Why are we not talking about her and all the other women? And I think by us being here now, we are having that conversation. You talked about legislation. There is legislation that's out there. In Ontario, there's Bill 132 that is out there to help protect um, anyone from any kind of sexual harassment or, or uh, violence or abuse. The Labor Board has, has put in checks and balances because of these issues. But the question is, is Me Too will only continue to exist if Me Too, as in all of us and everybody else, men and women, continue to talk about it amongst mm. ourselves, uh, within our families, to our children. To our children. I, I don't yeah. want, I, 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 I have an older daughter. I haven't seen a Me Too, but I know we've talked about things. And it's and just because you haven't put a Me Too out there doesn't mean Me Too doesn't apply to you. So will the conversation avoid uh, future Me Too stories? You know, having the conversation and giving people the skills, uh, the skill set on how to deal with something that might come their way as we move forward to hopefully changing society. I think, you know, I know we talk about legislation and I know we talk about telling stories, but I think it's and I, I hate to just put the onus on the men, but I think that there's there's that huge part of it because the stigma needs to change. The conversation needs to change. And, I, you know, I read this interesting article and it was it was saying that, you know, there's just three words that men have to have to abide by. Three words. Mm. That's not cool. If mm. they see another man who's doing something that's not appropriate or making another woman feel uncomfortable or saying something even among men. As a man, they should use their voice to say, that's not cool. And that could be with, you know, again, in front of women, without women there, but it needs to change. That conversation needs to change. And it's not just among our kids, which we should definitely talk about, but it's also among older people who have seen, who have, you know, things have been a certain way for so long and and that needs to well, change that, as That's well. the issue though too. I mean, uh, one of my favorite television series is Mad Men. And Mad Men is probably the most sexist depiction of the office environment you can get. Um, We laugh about it now or we look at it and go, that's terrible. But the reality is that that kind of environment, according to Me Too, is still prevalent. It's just assumed that it is not there. It's assumed because Mm. women get more university degrees now than men. uh, Because women, uh, at least before they have kids, are actually this generation out-earning men in some respects that they have the power to, uh, to not deal with this. But the reality is, even the younger generation still seems to have some of these attitudes. So I I agree with you. I think that um, the example has to be set, I think, also in the home. And that goes to a lot of issues. And a lot of issues we want to talk about. Culture, too, um, goes to religion, goes to attitudes towards women, goes to a lot of places people are uncomfortable perhaps talking about or questioning, but they're part of this. They're part of the attitude that says women are not equal to men and therefore we can discriminate or harass them. I think the danger is, and you pointed uh, this out, that mad men, you know, it was happening, sexism was happening Mm -hmm. in the workplace, but it was very overt. Mm -hmm. Now the problem is it's very quiet and it seems as though it's a little more sinister. I mean, when we Mm -hmm. heard Harvey Weinstein uh, begging that woman to not, don't embarrass me in the hotel, don't embarrass me. Right. I mean, it's, they don't really want other people to know. They know it's wrong. So how do you make the change? When you've got people doing it on the side when no one else can hear and they might be uh, a person of authority. 
I, I think the change changes also with the women, right? Well, so no, I absolutely. think, right? Like I think yeah. we, there's many times where somebody's written hashtag me too, where I saw mm-hmm. a feed, I said, hey, I went through that too. That Oh yeah, right. That's not right. You know, it yeah. took a while, it mm-hmm. takes a beat for you to think, yeah, that what that wasn't appropriate. And it's you know, okay so- to say something. And I'll give you an example. Exactly, yeah. This is by someone um, who was being harassed in a former workplace that I worked in. And we had talked about this quite a bit and what this individual ended up doing when this person thought it was okay to say these things to her was she started to raise her voice. And the, and the guy went, why are you raising your voice? Other people are going to hear. And she went, well, why? Is there something wrong with that? Is there something with you and I talking about this, about you saying these things? And he kept saying, stop it. Other people are hearing me. And said, you know what? That's So there's obviously a problem here. So if you don't want me to say it, you got to stop doing it because I'll say it real loud. And that made somewhat of a difference. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. The guy continued to be the way that he was. But we came together as a collective. And now it was you know, well, several the- against one. To, to reduce it. And I think it comes down to some of that where um, we try and not remove the fear. We turn the fear into a fight. Well, the other thing, too, is that um, you can't have it both ways. And I think that's something women have to take responsibility for, too, in the sense that um, culture, sexual culture, if you will, pop culture, is incredibly sexualized. Uh, I have a problem, for example, when Beyonce self-described feminist says that it's powerful to strut around in little clothes and get the attention of men that way she makes money off that at the same time a man should totally respect my body the problem with that is that it says to some women and i'm not saying all women but you use your sexual power to perhaps get advantage but at the same time you should men should absolutely in all respects never try and prey upon that harvey weinstein knew unfortunately that some women would say okay i will do what you want most of them didn't but there was some who would say okay and based on that assumption and this is a lot to do with the entertainment industry and the message we send to young girls too about what is cool and what as a woman you identify as it is also important for us to realize that you know what um we should take the power to be people not sexual objects and that should be conveyed from a very young age to women and men and through Hollywood that's one of the places one could do it but the problem is a lot of the messages they send are the exact opposite so people in that industry will say you know what the casting couch is a thing some women say it's okay therefore all women I will ask them to do that and that's totally wrong but that's unfortunately part of that culture and it should change well if the messages are so confusing then how do we make sure that we're still having the same conversation Farah so I think we we start with our kids. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit, but I think it's it's. I mean, I come from a South Asian culture, and I have to constantly remind family and friends and say, look, we really have to. The way a, a father treats his wife or a man treats his wife is how this daughter is going to see how she's going to be treated. Mm-hmm. So exactly. when you're a dad and you're saying something to your wife or whatever, you have to look at how your daughter, who your daughter's going to marry, and how she's going to how she's going to feel like you know when when she grows up. So I think that's a big thing. One and two, I think that we have to really show show um, women their worth and again I know we talk about this so much but not like you're so beautiful or you're so pretty we really mm-hmm. I know it's language and I know it seems easy but it's so important to get the right message to our young girls from now what is their worth their worth what's it is, based on what's it mm-hmm. based on what's yep. their worth based on I think and, that's key and right now and it's relaying to your daughters and your sons mm-hmm. that things you know I'll tell I'll tell my girls for example I've got an older one and I've got a younger one I've got a little son my older one is a goalie. She plays for the women's uh, U of T hockey team. She's been a goalie since she was six. And when she and, 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 and classic example of her in that system, she played with the boys for until mm-hmm. she was 13. 
Um, she was told by coaches, you're an exceptional goalie, but I can't take you because you're a girl because I can't take you over mm -hmm. a boy. And her response was, all right, I'll be playing against your team on another boys team and we'll probably win. And she did it many times. She, she, you know, she, would, she would show herself and say, you know what? Female is powerful. And we would, and we would teach, relay that information to our, my younger daughter and say, when someone says you can't, the only reason you can't is because you've decided that you don't want to, not because someone has told you that you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to go into this world with someone saying to you, you can't do this, you can't have this job, you can't be paid this much because you're a woman. Instead, it'll be, yes, I can because I want to, or no, I can't because I choose not to. And we're teaching those things to our son as well, so that he understands the level of equality and respect and knows the value of individuals in a household and individuals in society, not male versus female. I have a lot of faith in uh, a culture shift going on. I think I, I, I think maybe it, it hasn't just started with Me Too, but maybe Me Too is continuing on with it. I think we are starting to raise boys that are more in touch with their feelings. I think we're, we're discussing things and not keeping things that would have uh, in other generations been thought of as shameful, you know, in the shadows. And I think there's a lot of hope for this Me Too campaign going forward. But um, I guess I want to wrap it up with, uh, you know, a question to each of you. How do you move forward with the Me Too campaign so that it actually uh, stays relevant? I think anyone, again, and I'll start with what I said at the beginning, I think any man who looked at that campaign and said um, to friends or colleagues, and I'm sure you got this a lot, wow, I can't believe how many, I think those men need to ask women, what can we do? How can we push the conversation? How can we make change? If they really are advocates, if they really are feminists, if they really do care, they need to have that conversation and figure out what they can do. And I think it starts in the locker room. I think it's not talking about hmm. nasty women when they say things that, you know, men don't deem appropriate or whatever. <laughs> or and, and I think it's believing women. And I really do. I don't, I think it's, being okay feeling discomfort because it is such an uncomfortable conversation mm -hmm. but we should feel uncomfortable about this because it's the only way it's going to change i think it's uncomfortable because people don't want it to define them or they don't want well, that level of vulnerability yeah it makes you it make it makes it feel like you're vulnerable that that you were a victim of this or mm -hmm. yeah or foolish too a lot of women i think feel that you know i shouldn't have done that i shouldn't have i should have seen what was like you blame yourself um, I think I would agree, including men in the conversation is is critical, as it was for women getting the vote, as it was for every advance women have made, too. It's two genders together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think the other piece, though, um, is continuing to ensure, and this is a longer you know term shift, but that girls have access to education, girls have access to economic opportunity, because money is power. And when a woman in a household has that money, has that power, she then can set that example also for her kids, uh, for her son, for her daughter. Mm -hmm. It is a lot easier to assert power when you have it. So it's it's essentially, is, I think, encouraging women to go into non-traditional fields, but also simply to know that their worth is not based on how they look, but is based on what they achieve in life. Angie? And, and I believe it, it'll come back to the conversations that we're having at home mm -hmm. within our family, that we're having our conversations with our daughters and our sons. And, you know, and a great example to realize, you know, we're joking around and, and you hear your kids say, no, that's not okay to say that to mommy. You nice. can't say yeah. that to mommy because mommy does this, this, and this for me. So you can't say that. And it, it there's a great joy when I hear that because I go, she's getting it. She's finally getting it. And he's getting it. And my older one is getting it because society can be scary it can make you feel very vulnerable. And we need to continue talking about not just 
a conversation because someone well-known has done something bad. Mm -hmm. We need to continue that conversation when something bad has happened in our community, in our society. That woman that was sexually assaulted by that man, that she doesn't become just a Jane Doe, but she becomes someone we need to continue that conversation about. And we don't need to look for these stories because they're headlines. We need to talk about these stories because they're important issues to talk about on a daily basis. Well, I'm going to leave it at that, ladies. It's been a pleasure. I, I think, uh, you know, this is a conversation that a lot of people are saying, you know, uh, is winding down. And I think uh, the things that you've brought up today only shows that it, it can c- continue on and quite fruitfully. And, and it should. I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers.